0: Hi, welcome to the Business Vitality Podcast. I am your host, Katherine Canty. You can learn more about me and my team at KatherineCanty.com. For more than two decades, I have been able to travel the country and help other people grow their business. From those experiences, I was able to work with a proposal team that generated success 90% of the time for over a decade. We have created a leadership coaching program that is creating 100% measured results as seen by the leaders, peers, and stakeholders. And finally, I've spent nearly a decade in boardrooms, corporate boardrooms, where we are learning what's working and what's not. And more importantly, we're able to take the communication from the boardroom and get it down to the front line so execution is easier to implement. You know, from all these experiences, we created a framework called Business Vitality. These are all of the best practices of leaders and and opportunities that have been coming up decade after decade. And a lot of this stuff has been in practice for more than 20 years, 30 years and beyond. And what we're learning is a lot of these folks that are remaining vital in business today are having to think differently. And to share a quote from one of my CEOs that I've worked with in the past, He told me all day long he can hire folks, but what he needs more of are people who think outside the box. So in an effort to pay it forward and celebrate successes, we are going to be sharing stories of leaders who are thinking differently and remaining vital in business today. Please stick to the end and we will share how you can be a guest on the show. And thanks so much for being here. Michelle Nedlick, you are the co-founder and head creative of Awareness Strategies, found on the web at awarenessstrategies.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for
1: having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: It's going to be fun. Michelle, tell me a little bit high level about Awareness Strategies and what you guys do. Absolutely. So we are a tech
1: done for you company. And what makes us different in the world of marketing agencies, if you want to put it that way, is that we're focused on the entire business. So we look at business automation and partnering with our clients in order to help them to grow their businesses, as opposed to just doing a product or a tactic that suits us. We're looking at your business and going, okay, how do you grow? How do you maximize the best practices that are in, uh, that are going on right now? And even if some of them are a little foreign to you, being able to create a path to incorporate those things and be able to reinforce what's going right and maximize those efforts.
0: Fantastic. So as I think about business vitality and the, the practical applications that continue to get businesses um, to be successful and continue to be successful decade after decade, and you talk about automation, given today's environment, do you see maybe one or two Things that continue to bubble up, that's just a practical, as one previous guest told me, not necessarily we need to teach, but we just need to remind um, maybe one or two practical applications when it comes to business automation.
1: Absolutely. And when it comes to business automation, I think the biggest issue is that CEOs will get advice from people who sell things. And the issue with that is that everybody selling something has a vested interest in what they're selling as opposed to you know what, what allows your business to function most effectively. And any time that you can look at those applications and its integration with your different divisions, the better. So if you have a certain software that's part of your operations and a different software that's part of accounting and a different software that's part of marketing, you're ending up with silos of data. And in our world, it creates what we call dirty data. And that creates deficiencies. And it usually adds up time to somebody having to do something manually. So if we go into a company and we go, how do you do that? If they say manually more than three times, <laughs> we make a little placard for them and like, okay, well, now now we know there's an issue here. Oh, we know there's an issue. <laughs> we know there's an issue here. And we want to be able to look at those and how we integrate that data so that if marketing and sales and accounting and operations is is speaking the same language when it comes to a certain client, you you know that they've paid, you know what they're interested in, you know what their pain points are, everybody has a much more solid conversation and the business runs much more effectively and smoothly. And I, I totally get that it's one of those things that CEOs often don't want to look at because it's arduous, it's not in their wheelhouse, and <laughs> also a lot of things that they don't want to do. But during your, whether it's annual or quarterly, working on your business uh, programs to, to just look at that and say, hey, are we speaking the same language when it comes to our clients? Uh, that it helps your business efficiencies immensely.
0: I would have to agree. And, you know, we think about it, we've, we've all been in big corporate environments where we have silos of people. And, you know, when you take it to the next step, silos of people are making silos of data that doesn't talk to one another. And you're right, when they do say, oh, we have to do that manually. That takes time and time takes money. And you're just continuing to build more silos within an organization so absolutely and and human
1: resources are really good at doing things that are human like Mm -hmm. we love having conversations we love being spontaneous we love being creative we love having ideas and when you can use people to do those things they become more efficiency they earn their wage 10 times over the problem is when you start getting them doing things that a computer should be doing that is exactly the same every single time, humans aren't very good at them. <laughs> we tend to make mistakes and we tend to do things. A little, we get tired. It's the end of the day. Something happens. And it, you know it's not to our fault. It's just the way we operate. And the more you can get computers doing repetitive tasks, just again, it comes back to the efficiency of the business.
0: Okay. So that makes me think of mindsets because we've got somebody that's been doing the same job over and over again, and they've grown into this and they've added all these enhancements to whatever this magical data report is. How are you shifting a mindset to be able to grow with the business? Because people are going to have to let go of what they're used to and have to try something new and trust a new process. So talk about the mindset a little bit, if you don't mind.
1: Absolutely. So to us, the leaders are their responsibility is to find out what each person excels at. And somebody may get really good at doing a repetitive task, but that's not maximizing their skill set, right? No matter what kind of personality type they have, and no matter what job set they're doing, if they're looking at that process and they're maximizing it and adding to it, it's that little creative nugget that makes them magical. And we want to be able to take that person's magic and turn it into something more. So, To me, change management is about getting people to spark their creativity and their internal desires before you announce the changes so that they become part of that change uh, that's going to take place inevitably anyways. But when they think, hey, there, there are a lot of things that I could do with this position. There are a lot of things that I see that could be improved. And when you're talking to them and going, okay, well, what I'd like to do is take some of your time in the day. And we'll automate that so that you have time to be able to to focus on this creativity. That would be fantastic. And they tend to buy into it a lot more. And they tend to understand why you're doing the thing that you're doing, right? Because we all want consistency in our work, but we don't want to become bored. We don't want to become stagnant. And it's up to the leader, in my opinion, to be able to find those golden nuggets in each employee and bring them to the forefront and then slowly taper off <laughs> those tasks that you know could be done better, more efficiently by a computer.
0: Yeah, I've had a number of CEOs that have brought it to my attention that they don't need someone to, to keep punching the numbers and to keep keying in the data. They need people to bring ideas. And if we can... Take that data silo with that individual, these leaders and organizations and say, okay, you're just repeating these tasks, which are very important, but we really want you to let the computer do that and we want you to bring the, the communication, the thinking, the thought process, we want you to bring that to the table And if there's a way to reward that, I mean, the efficiencies that will be gained just by offloading that repetitive work and then freeing the mind to be able to share and open up and see the solutions because they probably already see the solutions in the organization because they're dealing with it every day. What are your thoughts? Exactly. So when when we can position our um kind of give
1: people the structure of what their job is. So I'm going to give you this job. It will become repetitive eventually. And what I want you to do is see what the most efficient way of doing this is. And once you've done that, then we can start to put in an automation system. And it's kind of like my dad said, once is an accident, twice is a mistake, three times is a habit. So we don't know what to automate until we've done something three times. We know that that's the most effective way to do the thing now we can get a computer doing it but while we're in that phase of well we do this we do that we're you know throw some spaghetti up in the wall and see what sticks that phase you you need to have somebody in there monitoring that to be able to look at why are we doing it this way what's getting the best responses what is the easiest most effective way we keep answering this question but people keep coming back with the second one which means that they're not really getting the answers they're looking for the way we're doing it how do we get them the answers they're looking for faster? And we need a person to do that. A computer can analyze that without having some serious uh costs associated with it. It's much more effective to get a person in there because they can think about it faster. So it's it's understanding that when you put somebody in that position, then you're going to look at um, you know, taking certain jobs off the plate so that you can put more spaghetti on their plate, (laughs) they can sip through it, figure out what works. And, and when they understand that that's their job is to understand the system and to make it more effective, then they don't get offended when the computer takes over for, for that aspect of their job.
0: I like it. So this, this makes me think about time because there's only so many hours in the day and you're, you're asking them to maybe pause some of the stuff they're doing and, and, and think about doing some new things or questioning what they've always done. And and that impacts time. Um, Do you have any thoughts or maybe some best practices around how do you manage time efficiently?
1: (laughs) Absolutely. So once we've figured out kind of the thing that people are asking for, we want to figure out how do we automate it? So it might be an email that's going out that we keep rewriting. It might be a conversation that we have that we keep having. A lot of people don't think about the conversations when they're onboarding their clients or when they're onboarding employees, that the employees or the, the new people signing in are always asking the same questions. So We could videotape that and have an onboarding video for people when they want it. And A lot of times we think we have to be the ones providing the information, we as in someone in the company, and it doesn't really have to be. People nowadays want the information when they want the information. And that might be at 10 o'clock at night, it might be three in the morning. You you don't want your staff answering those questions. (laughs) You want to be able to figure out how do we get them those answers. And it might be as simple as having a chat bot on a website. It might be as simple as having a, you know, a a resources tab on your website to say, here's, here's videos. It might be as easy as, as soon as you onboard people that an, an email campaign goes out to them saying, hey, you probably have this question, here's the answer to it, and we're gonna be answering these questions as time goes on. And just letting people know, what does it look like when they sign up with you and give them kind of that, uh, that schedule of events so that they know and that they can um, kind of consume it at their own pace. They may consume it once a day as you send it out. They might wait until the end and consume all of them. <laughs> you don't know. um, But just being able to give them that option means more to your clients than you know.
0: Yeah. Communication is so important and, and people want information and they access information at all times of all days of all months of the year. (laughs) And uh, it reminds me of an example. I have had a, a great virtual assistant and she was not that far from me, you know, a couple hours down the road. And I would just send her a list of things that needed to get done. And I thought it was weird. She'd pop into my email box at two in the morning. And I said, good gracious. Are you, I mean, is that, is that normal? Cause you're in the same time zone. And (laughs) she said, yeah, I'm good. I just have babies at the house and I'm up because they're up and I can't do anything. So I can just knock some of this stuff out. And I thought that works for me as long as you know you're not up at two in the morning because of me. She's like, yeah. Oh no, I'm up. I just need something to do while this child goes back to sleep. I was like, all right, well then here we go. <laughs> but you're right; people are consuming stuff at all times, and it's just the way the world has evolved to. So, making it available for them, clearly communicating along the way, I think is is really important. Um, something that I think businesses are are continuing to to dig deeper into all the time is the customer voice and capturing the customer voice. And some of the most successful businesses are able to capture this and um, be able to tailor their services and their needs to support the customer. Do you mind talking a little bit about how you're capturing the customer voice and the benefit of that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's more important than ever. And it really does come down to the size of the business matters. So if you're a solopreneur and it's you, yourself, and you, you really want to carve out some time to be able to go to your customers and say, Hey, I just want to ask you a few questions and ask them, you know, why did you come see me? What was going on for you before you met me? What were your pains in this area? What were the benefits to doing it? And that conversation word for word using their words, not yours can be the best marketing copy you've ever had, because now you're talking exactly to the heart of the issues that that ideal client has. If you're in a larger corporation and you have a marketing department and a sales department, it's going to your sales department and saying, Hey, what are their pain points? What are they complaining about? What are they doing? You know, if you get a good call and somebody's like, I'm furious about record those calls, because again, that is your exact marketing. And you want to be able to take those calls to marketing and go, here's everything you need (laughs) and and go and run with it because digital marketing is substantially different than traditional marketing in that when we go to the internet to look for something, we have a problem that we want to solve. Whether it's I want a better luxury car or I want my nails done or I want to whatever the thing is, we still have a problem that we want to solve and we want to know what differentiates the consumer's choice between this place and that place. And they will tell you what that is loudly and clearly. But if you don't do anything with that information, then it falls on deaf ears. When you record those calls and you're listening to them and you put them in the hands of your marketing, now you have power that you never understood before. It is golden and it, it's like having a nuclear bomb of energy in your disposal that works for the benefit of you. Um, because It really is allowing your marketing to create your ideal client's ideal journey. And when you can hone in on that, again, you're creating even more efficiencies because you get rid of the tire kickers. You're not having so many people calling into sales going, oh, I'm just checking a CF. You can eliminate all of those right off of your marketing and send highly qualified leads to your sales team, which makes them super happy too.
0: Gosh, that is such a win-win, and you're right. It is an atomic bomb of, <laughs> of just gold when you're able to capture the customer's language and um, be able to use that for prospects because they can now connect with you quicker and um, and be able to solve the problem faster, I think. So right. it's, it's good stuff.
1: Well, and you know, from any time you've ever bought something, you want them to speak a language so that you can quickly identify, is this for me or is it not for me? And if it's not for me, that's totally cool. That's fine. I'll go and find what is for me. And when it comes to your business, you don't want everybody that's breathing or (laughs) that's asking questions. You want the people that are going to buy your product and have the ability to be able to do so. And so the more they can self-identify ahead of time, the more uh, that impacts your business. It's just the easier it makes life on everybody inside your company.
0: Yeah, for sure. When, um, when you're looking at all, all of this work and um, everything that you're doing between customers and leads and time effectiveness, what about for you? How are you able to invest in yourself? And um, is that something you've always been able to do along the way? Because if you work, work, work all the time, then you're depleted. And, you know, part of the success of many businesses is people taking time to be able to, to invest in themselves. So do you mind sharing a little bit about that?
1: Absolutely. So th- there's a few factors in this, and one is investing in your business, being able to take time, like I said, on an annual basis or quarterly basis and go, okay, are we creating the business that I wanted to create? And if if not, what changes need to take place in order to be able to shift that and get back on track again? And it's totally cool to be under because you you almost have to be under to figure out where the sweet spot is. And so don't be yourself up if it's not on track. It's just allowing yourself to go, okay, what are we what can we do to be able to get back on there and to invest in your business from the perspective of there are things that I don't know. That I just couldn't possibly know. I don't know everything about tax accounting and I don't want to know everything about tax accounting, but I do want to make sure that I set up a meeting with my tax accountant every once in a while to be able to assure that, you know, are there things that we could be doing more effectively? Are there things that we could be writing off that we're not writing off? Um, things like board meetings, fantastic write-offs that a lot most companies, 90% of companies, don't write them off and they don't plan them properly. So it becomes kind of that that aspect of investing in yourself and your business is paramount. So what are the aspects that aren't in your wheelhouse and how do you just level up, have some conversations with people that are doing extremely well in those areas and then bringing those home. And likewise, same thing happens in your personal life and in your business. Is Oftentimes I see business owners, especially in their like seventh, 10th year, they've lost all their hobbies and hobbies to me adds such an incredible amount of creativity. It doesn't matter if it's painting or wood carving or gardening or you know, buying shoes. It, just, it doesn't matter what it is, but that different level of creativity jars something in our brain and sets some gears in motion that then allow us to be more creative at work, which then allows us to see problems in a totally different way than we ever would before. And it is crazy how much that little thing can make a huge impact on your business.
0: I can agree with that. And I know that when I step away from everything and go throw pottery or go for a walk or take a break somehow, the answers percolate when that break happens. And um, I think there's there's just so much that's there. It's almost like, gosh, I need to spend just as much time having that downtime as I do focusing and thinking because the the answers do percolate during times like that. It's fantastic.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I love the idea of going for walks. And some people will do that. And then add a little something, something to the walk. So it can be, you know, a meditative walk or an observant walk or take a camera or, you know, see if you can go a little faster or a little slower. And just consciously paying attention to the cadence that you have while you're going for that walk. Again, brings that out. It's not just kind of I need to get out of here and go for a walk around the block, but actually take yourself out of your game and focus on something differently in it. Yeah, it, it's it's awesome.
0: I can't agree with you more because there are ways to meditate while you walk. There are ways to be able to pick up a new color of a leaf that you may not have seen before or a bird that I know I if I were super busy I would never have noticed and to be present in the moment is kind of where we need to be sometimes of just yeah. being present and celebrating these small things and then feel refreshed to be able to come back and continue to give to everybody around us who's asking. So, I think that's fantastic.
1: Well, and I'll give you a quick story. We were in New York City and and one of the people we were with it's like, "Yeah, okay, I get it. The buildings are tall here." And i like, "It's not just that they're tall. It's that you have some of the best 1920s art on the planet. Do you understand what that that brass plate means? Do you understand what that little something, something that's going on and, and just showing them all the art deco that they had. And all of a sudden it was like, Oh, I didn't know that was what you were looking at. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I get it. The building's tall. That's not what I'm looking at. It's the art deco and the history and the, and the feelings and, and the energy of New York city is created by this. Do you get that? And all of a sudden when he left a building, went home, it was a totally different perspective of I live in New York city. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, and, and that to me is when you get that little bit of something, something, everything
0: changes. Yeah. Gosh. It, it reminds me of a trip that I had to New York and we had a tour guide and he was fantastic. And Mark would point out all these different buildings. And he said, these buildings speak to you if you listen. And I was like, all right, well, what, what does that, what are they saying? They said, you know what, they're made out of all glass. That's a 1990s building when it's made out of the pink stone. It's, and, and I don't have the years even remotely but- correct, but as he shared all this, I thought they do speak. They tell a story of when they were built, you know, when air conditioning was put in when air conditioning wasn't. And, um, it's fascinating if we pause and, and look around and, and hear the story and read the plaques and appreciate everything that's going on around us. It does refuel and re-energize. I know for me, um, it sounds like for you as well.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely awesome. I could go on for that. on about that forever.
0: <laughs> that was awesome. Tell me, um, I'm, I'm going to ask as we kind of wrap up, I would love for you to share something that you share with me before we hit record, which is a digital adoption roadmap. Do you mind sharing that?
1: Absolutely. So we are super excited to be working with businesses to help them to create a five-year business plan that looks at all of the aspects of being able to incorporate not only the digital marketing, but to look at the umbrella of business automation, honing in on marketing automation, honing in on ensuring that you have clean data within your company and that you have um, these streamlined systems that you can utilize your HR teams. And we'll even look at how does how do you integrate different pieces of equipment, different um, teams of people, what's the right time to hire them, what do you need to do in your business in order to be able to cash flow to take over or take into account those new hires. It's being able to look at your entire business with the assistance of a CIO, a CMO that are dedicated to your growth with your your goals, your plans, and with best practices to be able to kind of take it inch by inch. So it's a highly in-depth um, roadmap that we want to be able to work with you over the process of a month. You end up getting about a 40 to 60 page report that is an, a business plan that you can then take to the bank and you can fund those plans because it has a different sense of gravitas to it that the banks know, hey, you know what you're doing in this. You've <laughs> This is a solid plan and, and we can back it up. So it, if anybody has any trepidation about what the next five years look like in their business, we want to be able to have a conversation with them and just go, Hey, how do we create a solid plan for you so that you feel completely confident, regardless of what happens that, you know, that your business is going to fly.
0: Fantastic. Michelle, if someone wants to learn more about you and the work that you're doing, what's the best way to get in touch? I'd love to give them a gift if I could. I of you course. One? We love awesome. gifts.
1: <laughs> so we have um, the website audit and it's a great tool to, you go in, you put your website in and it takes about 15, 20 minutes because it actually does scrape your website. It gives you back a 30 to 40 page report, depending on the size of your website, on your green lights, your yellow lights and your red lights. So red lights is when Google is stopping the traffic from going to your site. It usually involves acronyms and things, which is why you get a link to me at the end of it and I'll explain it to you in English. You get your yellow lights where Google's slowing you down and you get to choose, you know, what changes you want to make. It usually has to do with the copy and design of pages. And then you get the green lights which are, "Yay, you did it right. Google's letting traffic go to your site. That's awesome." And you just want to be able to um, create as many green lights as you can on your website so that all of the effort that you put into your website is working and and hopefully you can monetize on it. And so that meeting afterwards, I'll explain kind of what's going on in the roadmap, help strategize with you a bit and just love to connect. And that's Sounds
0: a $500 value plus my time. Fantastic. Tell me, where do they find that?
1: You go to awarenessstrategies.com slash website dash audit.
0: Website-audit. Awesome. This is fantastic. Thank you so so much, Michelle. I really appreciate this. Well, thank Uh, you. I had fun. Me too. Michelle Nedlick. you are the co-founder and head of creative of Awareness Strategies found on the web at awarenessstrategies.com. Also, you have the uh, website audit available found on the web at awarenessstrategies.com forward slash awareness. I'm sorry, forward slash website-audit. And thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Again, I had fun. I appreciate your time.
0: My team and I just want to say thank you for tuning in to the Business Vitality Podcast. We really appreciate you being here. If you know of another leader, another CEO, a founder who has another success story that they are willing to share and be able to pay it forward, we would love to highlight their stories on this podcast. You can find more information at katherincanty.com. And in the meantime, if you could take a minute and rate this show, that would be super helpful because that's going to allow more people like you to find us in order to continue to pay it forward. Again, if you need to learn any additional information, we are happy to help. You can find us more at katherincanty.com. You can also find us on LinkedIn with my name, Katherine Canty. Thanks so much for being here.